Hallelujah. I get this full. I can't hardly get ready to start preaching. All right. Let's pray. Lord, as we look at your word today, speak to our hearts. Challenge each and every one of us to move from where we are to where it is you would have us be. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Title of to, uh, uh, today's message is, How Long Will You Stay Outside? My wife asked me last night. She said, what's your message? I said, how long will you stay outside? She said, what kind of message? <laughs> what kind of message is that? So we have these great theological discussions on uh, Saturday nights. But <laughs> you'll understand it a little bit later. One of the treasured memories that I have as a child um, was walking home with my friends or with my cousins and getting caught in the rain. When that rain started to fall, we would take off running as fast as we could, heading to the house, heading to the porch. When we finally got on that porch, we would be laughing, we would be watching the rain come down, and the, the faster it came down, the more excited we were that we had escaped those large raindrops. But it seems like oftentimes there would be one of us that would stay outside in the rain pretending like, oh, this is just the best place in the world to be. Now, the only problem with staying in the rain too long is that your clothes get drenched. They get soaked. How many of you know it's not good to stay too long in wet clothes? Because if you do, you might get sick. Some of you might get a cold. Some of you might get pneumonia. And if you don't realize you have pneumonia, some of you get to go see Jesus early. It's amazing how something so innocent and looking like so much fun at first can end up with some dire consequences. Some of you know what I'm talking about. How many of you have kissed somebody that you wish you had never kissed them the first time? <laughs> you know, this God who created this universe has looked at all of us, and he said the same thing about all of us. He says, I love you, and you are a mess. <laughs> Amen? In God's sight, each of us looks like a mess that needs to come in from the rain. Plain and simple, we are all in need of God's grace to make some needed changes and adjustments in our lives. And the strange thing is that even though we are a mess, God still wants to be in a relationship with us. Matthew 23, 37, Jesus says to a group of people who want absolutely nothing to do with him, Jesus says to them, so many times I have wanted like a hen gathering her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing 
to let me do it. You see, Jesus wants to offer us care, and Jesus wants to offer us protection, but we would rather stay on the outside of what Jesus is offering. In the Old Testament, there was a guy by the name of Jonah that God called to do a mission. God wanted Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh and tell the people, God says, change your ways or you are going to be destroyed. Now, Jonah didn't like the people of Nineveh. And Jonah wanted God to destroy them. So even though Nineveh was this direction, Jonah took off for that direction. And Jonah ran as fast as he possibly could. Do you know why Jonah did that? He did not want these people to experience the love of God through him. Now, can you imagine saying to God, God, I don't want others to experience your love through me. Have any of you ever told God that before? Well, Jonah bought a ticket on a ship to make sure he couldn't get back to Nineveh, Nineveh even if he wanted to, because Jonah was smart. He knew that if he was on a ship on the Mediterranean Sea, the captain was not going to turn around because he had to go to Nineveh. So he was on his way to Spain. He wanted to stay outside of the will of God for as long as it took in order for Nineveh to be destroyed. Let me ask you this. How many of us realize that there is a spirit of Jonah living inside of us? We know what God has told us to do, but we don't want to do it <laughs> because we don't like those people right now. We want to stay outside of God's will so that we can get back at those people. Who are those people? We know who they are. Sometimes... It's our spouse who's hurt our feelings by saying something or doing something we didn't like. Sometimes those people are our children who have gotten on our last nerve. Sometimes those people are on our parents who just keep getting in our business. It's amazing how eight-year-olds have business to get into. It could be our neighbors who are loud and obnoxious and leave trash on the street in front of your house. And you know what? God has the audacity to tell us, I want you to be my representative to them right now. Go and show them my love through you. I don't know about you. But when God does this to me, I want to be like Moses. I want to say, God, couldn't you choose somebody else? 
<laughs> I'll share a humbling experience that I had a couple of weeks ago. Our neighbors across the street, there's an apartment building in front of us, and uh, they just piled the trash up on the street. They wouldn't take the trash cans in. I'm like, what is wrong with these people? I mean, this just got to me. It got to me to the point where I was ready to contact my councilman. I took my phone out and took pictures. I was going to show that this can been out all week. <laughs> and before I could get my pictures together, I, I know the spirit told me, why don't you just go pick up the trash and put the cans where they're supposed to be? <laughs> I really felt like saying, oh, God, <laughs> can't you choose somebody else? God does little things like that. But see, what happens is our pride rises up inside of us. And we say, but God, they don't deserve it after what they did. And God smiles and says, are you talking about the same kind of way you don't deserve what I give to you? Did you know that our pride can become an idol? An idol is anything that keeps us outside of the will of God. And if you were listening to that last verse in the scripture for the Old Testament reading, it said, they that cling to idols turn away from God, turn away for God's love from them, for them. So when my pride keeps me from being willing to be used by God, then I'm deliberately turning away from God's love. And if I'm turning away from God's love, what am I turning toward? <laughs> Jonah knew he was running from God. Do we know that we are running from God when we say, no, God, I am not going to forgive them right now. I am not going to stop doing what I am doing. I'm not even going to try to believe there's another side to the story. Jonah actually believed that he could have peace and hide from God at the same time. It didn't work for Jonah, and it ain't going to work for us. Jonah thought he had the perfect plan for escape. But then God did something that Jonah did not expect God to do. While Jonah was in there sleeping away, God sends a big storm on the Mediterranean Sea. I was down there on Lake Erie the other day when the wind was blowing and I saw these waves coming up and I was like, whoa, that's something. That ain't nothing compared to what kind of waves you would see on the Mediterranean Sea. The wind came and it was whipping so bad, it looked like for sure that ship was going to sink and carry everybody with it. And the captain ordered everybody, everybody, get up and pray. Perhaps one of y'all got a God who can do something. <laughs> so he called everything, everybody who he could imagine to pray. And everybody was praying, except the one who ought to have been praying. And he was still sleeping away. 
They woke him up. Captain says, Brent, man, get up and start praying. And Jonah explains to them what his situation was, and he lets them know, well, you know, it's really my fault that this uh, storm is here. God told me to do something. I didn't do it. I'm running from him. He's probably trying to get me. So the only way you guys are going to get out of this jam is to pick me up and throw me into the sea. Now, the longer we stay outside, the greater the price we have to pay to finally come back inside. Jonah had not thought that his hatred for the Ninevites at a distance could possibly lead to his own death. It wasn't like he intentionally did something to hurt the Ninevites. He just wasn't going to have anything to do with them. <laughs> you ever talk, run into people, somebody, they love people all the time, but then when they run into somebody they don't like, I just don't have nothing to do with them. Well, Jonah just didn't have anything to do with them. He certainly had other things to do with his time other than to go and tell them about God's judgment. It's amazing how we don't believe the small choices that we make can lead to some negative consequences for our lives and cost us more than we think. Can you imagine what it must have felt like to have been on that ship in the midst of the storm, and there you are, Jonah, and the captain walks towards you, and he says, look, we done tried to row this ship back. It's just not working. We're going to have to throw you off the ship. How many of y'all brave enough to say, you don't have to throw me off. I'll just jump off right here. <laughs> you the one told them that they had to get you off the ship. What would be going through your mind as these soldiers start walking towards you? How many of you are thinking, if only I had a listen. How many of you are thinking, God, if you just give me one more chance, I'll go to Nineveh, I'll go to Cleveland, I'll even go to Pittsburgh. <laughs> you know something? We are only going to go through life once. And the fewer if-onlys that we have racked up, the better. You see, people are not always going to give you another chance. That's why it's best, the best time to try to make things right is right now. Because how long will your anger from yesterday blind you to the lost time you are losing today. You see, the Holy Spirit can help us get rid of anything, let go of anything, if we really want him to do it. When the men took hold of Jonah and threw him into the sea, all of a sudden the waters became just as calm, it's amazing how when I go to the lake in the mornings, sometimes it seems like you can just walk right on top. Nothing's moving. 
There are other days you don't even want to get close past them rocks. When the men took hold of Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea became calm, I got an inquiring mind. I wonder how far down did Jonah go? I wonder if he was a good swimmer so that he could swim back up to the top so that he could start treading water. And I wonder how he felt if he did do that as he saw that ship moving further and further away and not seeing any land anywhere at, uh, uh, in sight. I even wondered, did this happen at night? So he couldn't see anything. One thing Jonah did know was he wasn't going to be able to swim to the land. You know, when you're in that situation, a lot of things get put in perspective. All of a sudden, his hatred for the Ninevites gets put in perspective. How I many of you know he's figuring, my hatred ain't worth dying over? You see, there's a lot of things that we get angry and upset about, but it's not worth the price we're willing to pay. You know, some of the things we as husbands and wives argue about. How come you didn't close the cabinet? <laughs> How come you didn't put the toothpaste back? How come you didn't put the toilet roll on this? How come you're on the phone talking to your mama so long? How come, how come, how come, how come? Things we get over our kids about. If you don't clean this room. God blessed me with one of my kids that the girl just couldn't clean the room. I put her on punishment. <laughs> I took away privileges. And God says, when are you going to accept the fact that she's not going to clean the room? And you know what? When I accepted that, my blood pressure came back down to normal. And you know what? That girl grew up, moved out of our house. Her house is spotless. <laughs> but you know what's good? She wants me to come see her. You see, I could have destroyed that relationship over a room. Sometimes we draw lines in the sand in places we ought not to be drawing them. We need to ask God, God, how can you change me? Oh, my goodness. The longer we stay outside, the greater the price we have to pay to come inside. Jonah hadn't thought that his hatred could possibly lead to his own death. He, 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 he just hadn't thought about that. When the men took hold of Jonah and the sea became calm, God intervened. 
the scriptures tell us that the Lord prepared a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Pastor Rick, that's why I can't believe the Bible. How can a fish swallow a man? Probably because you're thinking about a perch. <laughs> or a catfish. I think the key is to understand the scripture states the Lord provided a fish. You know, if the Lord could create a planet that's just the right distance from the sun to keep us from freezing to death or to keep us from burning up and could turn that ball 23 and a half degrees so that we can have four different seasons and if he can spin that thing around a thousand miles an hour to keep the oceans in place and he could put an atmosphere around it that not only protects us from the radiation of the sun but has air in it that we can breathe and instead of making it gaseous he put a rock down there for us to stand on and then put gravity in it to keep us from floating out into space and then he, 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 he gave plants so that they would replace the oxygen that we were using up. If God could do that and keep it going for thousands and thousands of years, you're going to tell me you got a problem believing God can create a fish to save a man for three days? <laughs> a few weeks ago on CNN, they showed this article on this megalodon shark that was 59 feet long, as big as an RTA bus. Don't you think something as big as an RTA bus could swallow you whole? We don't know how the Lord might provide, but the Lord provides. I don't know if Jonah saw that huge fish coming toward him so that started swimming as fast as he could or if God had mercy on him and just let the fish come up from the bottom of the water and engulf him without him even knowing about what was about to happen. But I do know he was inside that fish for three days or three nights and three nights. You say, how can you be so confident? Because I believe Jesus. Jesus said, as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights, so shall I be in the belly of the earth and rise on the third day. There Jonah was in total darkness, probably scared out of his wits. But one thing he did manage to do, and that was pray. The scriptures tell us that not only did he pray inside that fish, God heard his prayers. You know, I don't think any of us want to trade places with Jonah. But hard as it may seem, Jonah is now back inside of the will of God. He has come from the outside and is back on the inside. But you know something? It's amazing what we sometimes force God to do 
or God allows to happen to us in order to get us back on the right track. Jesus actually had an easier way in mind. Jesus said, come to me, all of you that are uh, uh, heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Our problem is that we think he was talking about somebody else. We feel like we already got it together. We really don't need that. Just like the parable we read today and the invitation that went out, come to the banquet, can be ignored. Everything that was needed for the banquet was prepared except the people. All they had to do was show up. Yet those that invited, who had been invited, had other plans for their lives. And I think, sure, it might be nice for some, but not really for me. You know, church is all right if that's your thing, but it's, it's not mine. And didn't they come up with some great excuses for why they should be excused? First person said, I bought a field and I got to go look at it. You mean to tell me he bought a field without looking at it at first? <laughs> the second one said, I just purchased some oxen and I got to go try them out. He couldn't try them out tomorrow. And the third one said, I'd love to be there, but, but I just got married, so I can't make it. There ain't that much love in the world that you can't let each other go long enough to go to a banquet. There will always be reasons we reject God's invitation to come in from the outside. But you notice something in the parable, the owner didn't, uh, uh, the person who had the banquet, he didn't go after the people who made it clear they weren't coming. He simply extended his invitation to others who were not aware that a banquet was going to take place. The owner wanted as many people as possible to be a part of what he had prepared. God wanted as many of us as possible to be a part of what he has prepared. But God wants us to come to the banquet not so we can sit down and eat at the banquet table. He wants us to come because we're just glad to be in his presence. When Jonah was inside the fish, he came to the realization that life was not simply about Jonah and what Jonah wants and what Jonah thinks is the right thing to do. He discovered that every day he stayed outside, he was putting somebody at risk. At first, he had put the people of Nineveh at risk. Then he had put the sailors at risk. Then he had put his own life at risk. Because if God had not shown him mercy through that great fish, he would have certainly drowned. It was in that fish that Jonah recognized that God can make contact with us anywhere and at any time, and that God can change our situation no matter what. After three days, Jonah finally saw the light for the first time when the Lord caused the fish to vomit him up on the land. Jonah had a lot of territory to make up to get to Nineveh because Nineveh was nowhere near the coastline where the great fish dropped him off. Sometimes when we stay outside too long, we just make it harder to do the will of God that God intended for us to do. You know, Jesus Christ entered into this world to let us know that even though we think we are on the inside, we're really on the outside. 
when it comes to living for God. We're still out there in the rain. And we've gotten sick because we've stayed in the rain too long. And only he can cure our sickness. For the scripture says, Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. But he's not curing us just for us to rejoice at being cured. He's curing us in order to release us back into the world as his representatives, as his ambassadors into the life of others. Put it this way, Paul put it this way in Ephesians when he said, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work, so that none of us can boast. And then he went on, and somehow we keep forgetting this is part of the verse. It says, For we are God's work, handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are created in Christ Jesus with purpose and meaning. But how many of you know we reject a lot of the opportunities God gives us to allow his love to shine through us because we too upset and angry to allow it? Let me ask you. Are our attitudes allowing the love of God to be extended toward others? Do our actions really uh, allow the word of God, the love of God to be extended to others? Do we let go of our pride, which I confess is a daily problem for me? Do we let pride be the idol in our hearts? that keeps us on the outside of God's will. You see, the only real way to come to Jesus Christ is to come in humility, realizing we have nothing to offer him for our salvation. And all we can do is say, Lord, I'm willing to say yes to your will so that I can come in from the outside. Let's pray. God, you are great, and you are an awesome God. And we confess, God, that at times we are rebellious. We want to have our own way. We want to do our own thing. But you are a loving, gracious, and merciful God that no matter what it is we've done, your arms are always open to receive us if we would but confess our sins and turn away from it. Lord, we confess we need more of your Holy Spirit in our everyday lives as we relate to one another, as we relate to people on our jobs, as we try to get along with those whom we live. Help us to quit drawing lines in the sand 
and start asking, God, how do you want to change me in this situation that I might demonstrate your love? We pray, oh God, if there's one here today that does not know how much you love them and how much you care about them, that right now you would shower them with your grace and with your mercy, that they might know they are precious in your sight. And just like you went after Jonah, you've gone after them. May they too respond your call upon their lives for that one who's backslidden and needs to come back home may they too invite you back into their lives this we ask in Jesus name amen and amen friends if you'd like to give your life to Christ if you'd like to become a covenant partner or member here at our church as the praise team leads us in the next song, I invite you to come. I'll be glad to pray with you. Let's all stand to our feet. Hallelujah.